Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, my divine being, and welcome to this week's episode of Confessions of a New Age Goddess. As always, I'm the New Age Goddess herself, Melissa. Joining me today is Sophia LePage. Sophia is a rebel queen and feminine embodiment and leadership coach. She has dedicated the past four years to helping women around the world release, hustle, and burnout to reclaim pleasure inside their bodies, relationships, and businesses. A decade ago, after a messy divorce, Sophia broke free from the good girl programming, ignited her feminine magnetism, and began leading herself from a place of desire. She traveled with shamans, sat with gurus, and studied the esoteric and tantric arts, and now lives in Bali with her husband and two cat babies. So, Sophia, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited for this conversation and where we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, likewise, very much so. And then, um, Sophia, if you don't mind sharing with us, where in the world are you joining us from? Yeah, so I'm joining you from Bali in Indonesia, so all the way across the world. Um, and it's like the morning time, there's a beautiful morning light, so I can see that from my office. Um, yeah, and as I as you shared in the bio, I've lived here, I've lived in Bali actually for five years now. So it was the last place on my kind of like spiritual awakening journey that I landed um and where everything sort of came together all the teachings all the learnings and that's where I I launched my business so yeah so it's I'm yeah just so excited to be here and and to share a little bit about you know what I do and where I've come from and so I guess I could like share a little bit about my background like you mentioned about the divorce but that was kind of like the the catalyst the moment of the shift but before that um you know I grew up really uh, I feel like I came out of the womb like as a perfectionist mm -hmm. really like I feel like I came out of the womb really competitive like comparing myself to everyone my mom said that I didn't walk until I could actually walk and not fall mm -hmm. and so yeah that really set the tone for my life I would I would only do things if I felt sure that I could, could succeed so I, I sort of put off a lot of things in life and I was always comparing myself to others I always felt like my best needed to be better than everyone else's best so I had a lot of anxiety um, and I was, yes, in that kind of good girl programming, really putting my worth in, in what I could bring to other people. So like that classic people pleasing tendencies and that 
kind of built this beautiful cage for me where I was living a life. I was, I had the white picket fence life. I, I was doing all the things I, on the outside, it looked like I was really successful, but on the inside, I just felt so disconnected. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I even liked. I didn't even know what I liked. I, everything that I liked was based off of what my partner liked or my friends liked. Um, and that was where I was at that point in when I turned 30 and I was in this marriage that suddenly I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't even know who I am and I don't feel that I can explore that inside of this container. And at the time, I didn't have the, the tools that I do now or the, the self-awareness that I do now. And so my out was an was a string of affairs um that kind of like it was like I didn't know what to do so I just blew it all up Mm. I blew up my reputation blew up my marriage blew up my friendships just the whole thing kapow and in the in the aftermath of that was when I really had to sit with myself and look at all the judgments I had of myself and others of like how I'd gotten to this place where I had done something that was so destructive and um, that was what sparked my, my journey that eventually led me into coaching, but was not my intention at all. When I started my journey, I had no idea even that coaching existed. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I, I felt like I needed to go on this huge worldwide journey, right? Doing all the things I kind of wish in some ways, I love my journey and I'm so grateful for it. But I also, when now I'm like, wow, it's so amazing that um, women get to experience like healing and growth from home by clicking on Zoom or listening to a podcast. Because when I was doing, you know, on my starting my journey, none of this existed. So I'm really grateful that you are, you've created this um, podcast for women so that it makes it so much more accessible for women to to find the the knowledge and the healing that they desire so yeah I'm so happy to be here yeah yeah no I think that's great I mean so many relatable points with the anxiety and the you know perfectionism really I don't want to I don't want someone to see me trip and fall and then really you even said it yourself what do I even like who even am I are these beliefs even mine and that chiseling away at yourself you know that whole notion of you're in this piece of marvel and you need to see what's really underneath and it it is it is that process right um and yeah I think that is so great too that now we have all these platforms that I can connect you know with people all over the world right um and really really find that common ground, really find how alike we really are and that, you know, we're not crazy and that this is just part of that learning process. And some of us go through the steps and some of us don't, and that's okay. But those of us who are, you know, hungry for self-discovery, hungry for that change, there are ways to go about doing so in a safe guided manner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's the, the biggest takeaway from that. And I think, you know, I thank you for sharing that, but um, you know, you did talk about the feminine, right? You did talk about the feminine energy and how, you know, how would you describe how you work with that, how you work with that in order to build success or what have you? 
Yeah. So my journey with the feminine, I feel that a lot of the the, the competitiveness and the comparison and the perfectionism and the anxiety was, and the disconnection from body was because I was disconnected from my feminine. So I was operating much more in a masculine kind of energy, which is what um, our society, our society is patriarchal. So, you know, it's like, this is, this is the energy that we're told be masculine energy is powerful. Feminine energy is weak. And if you want to succeed in your life or in business, then you need to be in your masculine. So that looks like it, you know, not um, showing your emotions right at work. It looks like popping a pill when you're on your, your, your moon. I, I call it your moon. Like when you're bleeding, when you have your period um, and just keeping going um, it's like, Oh, you're crazy in the premenstrual time. Like all these kinds of like insidious little um, beliefs that are implanted in us as we go along that t- teach us to be afraid of feminine energy or to sort of minimize feminine energy or to kind of like feel like it's only about the way that you look. So the only thing that we see in our society around feminine is is physical beauty, right? Which is also very prescribed of what that can even mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you're, it's about putting on a girly dress, wearing pink. Like this is what it means to be feminine according to society. And so the work that I did first was to reclaim all those parts of me, reclaim my emotions, reclaim my multidimensionality as a woman, like my fiery rage and my really soft, open, loving, you know, goddessy self and to, um, to recognize the power in the feminine to slow things down, to connect more with my womb and my intuition, to learn how to circulate my sexual energy and and tap into that feminine magnetism right mm-hmm. um and so what i do with women now is i help them reconnect with those parts of themselves first of all because it's it's a, all it starts from within so it's first of all about bringing that energy into the body our society is so mind-based it's very heady and so for me what I feel it is it's descending the energy down out of the mind back into the body so I work with tantra and sacred sexuality and sensuality and pleasure and helping women reclaim that feel um, empowered by who they the essence of themselves and then that naturally starts to flow into their work so then I help them weave those energetics into their businesses so shifting the way that they work to be more in harmony with their cycle or um, you know feeling that they can go into their workplace and or it or into their business and be more authentic in what they're truly feeling and and connect more with their expression and and I feel that when women are no longer trying to put a mask on they it's like they find their voice mm. and then they're speaking with so much more commis- conviction And the women that I work with find even in very masculine dominated environments that when they're truly owning their feminine, that the the men in their environment are actually being quieter, like listening to them, respecting them more. So what we've been taught about how the feminine makes you weak is so different from the reality when we truly own 
embodied feminine energy. Yeah. And you put that, you know, so eloquently because I have felt this way for a long time that, you know, femininity, it's kind of like a superpower, right? If you're really tapped into it to that authentic level, like you expressed. And what I think is that um, men, society, what have you saw that as, you know, like the superpower as a threat. So it was all about suppression then, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm not the only person who thinks this, right. It's, it's kind of out there, but it was kind of suppressed because they saw how powerful it was. They saw, Hey, this is something I don't have. Yes. We all have divine masculine and divine feminine, but it is different when you're a woman identifying. So it was kind of seen as this threat. So then when you kind of have that light bulb moment and realize that it's like oh well then I really do need to develop this skill or this side of me and yeah use it to my advantage and I think to your point the men started listening to the women who display it more because they see how authentic it is they see how it just kind of flows and oozes out of them um, so naturally and it is you know it's magnetizing it's magnetizing in a way um, definitely for sure Okay, great. And then you know, piggybacking off of that, um, you did mention Tantra. And it's so funny that we're doing this interview now, because literally a couple days ago, I mentioned Tantra for a, a different reason. And the person I was talking to was like, well, what is that? I never heard of that. And I explained it to the best of my abilities. But <laughs> could you kind of, um, you know, tell the audience what that is, what that art is, and how, how, you, how you can use it? Absolutely. So it's quite interesting because when I, I, uh, I grew up kind of like in a Christian sort of environment and I remember just feeling like a lot of the teachings just didn't resonate for me. And, um, and so I started to kind of decide what I wanted things to be. So I was like, and, and I also, even when I started learning about spirituality and I was like, oh, it's, it seems that we're supposed to transcend the body and give up all the earthly things and not really be human. And I was so confused by that because I was like, surely if we, if we're human and we're in a human body, we're meant to have a human experience. So how can all the human things be wrong? Um, and so I, I was like, I feel like it should be that, you know, it's through, the, the human experience and being in the gratitude space and being present with all of that, that we really can reach to this enlightened space. And then when I was on my spiritual journey um, and I was traveling and I was doing a, a, a yoga teacher training in Guatemala in San, San Marcos, which is kind of like a spiritual hub uh, in South America. And on this teacher training, I didn't really take any notes, but I took two notes one day they started talking about kundalini yoga mm -hmm. and they started talking about tantra mm -hmm. and as they started talking about tantra i had this realization of oh my god this is what i believe it has a name yeah. it's been around for 5000 years <laughs> i didn't make this up other people think this too and so what i i like to explain tantra is is it's the art 
of living. It's the art of being in the human experience, in the presence of everything. It's finding the divine in the mundane human experience, or it's finding the divine through your sexuality, through your sensuality, through your sexual experience. It's finding the mundane, the the divine in, in the deep presence and recognition of pleasure in every single moment. So the pleasure of feeling the breeze on your skin, the pleasure of looking at the sky as it changes from a sunny day into a stormy day, you know, like there's pleasure is available to us in every single moment. It's just about, it's just about getting like out of the headiness of it again, bringing the energy back into the body so that we can be in this moment, not in the past, not in the future, and and feel our divinity, feel our oneness, feel our connection to God as God through the very human things. So that's how I love to describe what Tantra is. Yes, no, and I'm glad... Um you know, you, you said it that way, because, you know, it it can have all these negative connotations of, oh, it's just about sex. It's just about orgasm. Right. But it's really all of these other things that lead up to it. It's to your point, it's even like, oh, biting into a piece of chocolate, you know, it's the Mm -hmm. way you do it when you're fully present with the now moment. And that's why the now moment has so much value more so than I think people even realize. Right. But it's, it's that, to your point, the art of living, the art of doing it in such a way that everything is like this immersive experience. And I mean, Tantra, even if you want to translate the Sanskrit wording of it, I know it means like woven or being interwoven into something. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we can all do, you know, all the time. It doesn't always necessarily have to be just with a partner, right? But it's, it's an experience with yourself and the universe around you that right there is a shared experience too. Yeah. And, you know, just to add one little thing to that, it's, I feel that even Tantra can be woven into your, into your work, you know, as a woman, like I circulating, learning to circulate sexual energy, which is through tantric breathwork practices ignites your magnetism and your radiance. So you become a natural magnet right for for the opportunities for the success for the clients for the money for the whatever it is that you're wanting to bring in so I feel like it's it's kind of like one of the foundational pieces of of feminine business practices and and successes as a woman and it's so great because we don't have to do so many things it's more about like our internal who we're being that then becomes that attraction force for what we desire and so it's like slowing down you know going slow to go fast right and I feel like that's a classic tantric teaching like get out of all this busyness come into this moment what do you desire and like, let's focus on that. So I just wanted to add that little bit. No, that's great. That's great. And it's kind of, it just reminds me of like that flow state of when, you know, I am being highly vibrational or I am feeling very, you know, just sensual with myself. And then, yeah, in your business and a piece of art in, in so many things, it, it can play a part without even without you even realizing it, because it's just so embodied in you, it just kind of like oozes out of you um, in ways one wouldn't normally expect, I feel like. So that's kind of fun too. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah. And then um, branching off of that, something that also correlates with this theme with Yoni wands, Yoni eggs. I've seen them. I've never used one personally. A lot of people don't know what they are. I mean, you know, future Melissa probably will do it. Um, <laughs> if you could kind of, you know, explain to us what they are, what their purpose is, all that fun stuff. Yes. Oh, love this. So um, yeah, I work with both and I actually sell both on my website. So if anyone's interested, you can go to my website and you'll find them there. Um, but so Yoni eggs and Yoni ones are made of crystals. So crystals have a consciousness. Um, they have many healing properties um, so you can get different crystals for different purposes. So there are a lot of people start with the jade, um, which is very grounding. It's, it, it's really great for physical healing. It's great for sort of drawing out imprints from the body. And so the principle behind yoni eggs and yoni ones is that our, yo, our sort of womb, whole yoni vulva area um, carries a lot of imprints so the the womb space is the center of intuition for women this is where we get it this is our connection point really to to spirit um and to like the deeper deeper yearnings and longings of our soul so what happens is through life we take on these imprints we take on these beliefs about what it means to be a woman about how we should be showing up um we are taught to not to pay attention to logic and not to intuition. So we're basically continually taught, don't listen to what you actually feel, deny that experience. And so in order for us to cope in this very kind of logical and patriarchal society, it means shutting down those sensitive parts of ourselves because we're taught that those parts aren't welcome. Mm. And that also means shutting down our no, right? We're taught that to be desirable as a woman or a girl, you should say yes, you should be nice, you shouldn't rock the boat, you shouldn't be a diva, you shouldn't be demanding, you should be the cool girl, you should be the good girl, which means don't have a no, say yes, just keep saying yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. So every time we deny or discount our no, it requires us to become more barriered. So we have to kind of numb down in order not to feel the, the pain of, the, of that disconnection. And so what happens inside of the vaginal wall, inside of the womb, is it becomes numb and tight and rigid and this leads to blocks in connecting with our sexual energy, in connecting with orgasm, in connecting with pleasure. Um, and so working with the egg, this is, this is both the egg and the wand can help to release imprints mm -hmm. um, from the yoni. The egg is more related with the womb. So it's about releasing past lover imprints because also every time we have a sexual connection with someone, they imprint inside of our womb. So we end up with all these other people's emotions, feelings, beliefs kind of in our system, which no wonder so many women feel so confused, right? Because it's like, you've got all these 
different voices in there that don't belong to you. So that helps you release those. And both the egg and the wand um, help to tone the vaginal wall, help to release numbness and tension, help to increase sensitivity, Mm -hmm. um, soften that whole area so that orgasm becomes more accessible, so that pleasure is more um, intensified and so that you can truly hear your intuition um a lot of women feel like you know in relationships right they're like oh this guy I knew there was something going on but I ignored all the red flags Mm. so if you're a woman who feels like you always seem to ignore the red flags or didn't see the red flags then womb work yoni work with the egg or the wand could be really powerful for you to kind of like reconnect yourself with that energy so it's a it is an ancient tantric practice and and very very powerful and very very healing for women I feel oh definitely I mean I think a lot of people don't even realize all of the benefits tied to it they might just say oh you know I've had a couple kids I want to be a little bit tighter and yeah, it can serve that purpose too. But also, you know, to, to your point, the imprints, well, what if you were assaulted? That's an imprint, right? Um, so can, you know, add value in that region too, to assist with that. And also, yeah, to your point, the intuition, the intu- intuitive nature. I mean, when when someone tells me that they're not intuitive, it's almost like you have to laugh because everyone is. It's just tapping into it. It's just to your point, maybe removing a block or just knowing how your intuition gets expressed to you. So if you're working with that region, you're already one step ahead. And kind of to sum it all up, it sounds like in you know, in society, being authentic is o- almost like this act of rebellion you know, being who you really are, it's almost like, well, I have to break all the rules, I have to go against maybe what I was taught. And to your point, removing that good girl mentality, but wow, how have things come to this degree where to be who I really want to be is seen as bad girl, or is seen as not right. That's just so backwards to me. But it's, it's very relatable too at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And then kind of going off of that, um, you know, were there some taboos about female sexuality um, or, you know, shame that, you know, society does put on that divine feminine that we didn't hit that you really wanted to drive home? Yeah, I feel that um, when it comes to sexuality, similar to um, feminine energy, Um, what we're taught about uh, feminine sexuality is all about how it looks on the outside. So we're taught um, that being sexy is dressing sexy in terms of what a man would find sexy. Mm -hmm. Being sexy is sort of looking a certain way and making certain sounds. So it's kind of like it's become this very... um, uh, pretty sort of you know perfected kind of image of what sexy is and so I feel like for many women and I certainly felt this um, before I I you know started this work was that it, it I I had real trouble um 
sort of letting go during sex. Like I, it was always in my mind. I was thinking about, do I look fat right now? Do I look good? Like, what noise should I make? What should I say? How it's very much about like, what was going to please my partner rather than what felt authentically and, and um, good and pleasurable to me. And so I feel like for women, there's sexuality is also in, in, in context of what is pleasing to the male eye. And so it's quite taboo really still for women to feel there is sexuality for themselves and to, and self, for instance, like self-pleasure, you know, is still like a very taboo thing, but it's something that I feel is really, really important for women to have that exploration with their own bodies and their own pleasure um, and to to really start to connect with what do I actually like? What actually turns me on? What type of touch feels good? What, how does my body want to move? And this is something that I feel is um, part of why I love to bring dance in. Mm. You know, I dance a lot and I love to invite my my clients into that as well because that's also about not what does it look like, but what does it feel like? What movement turns me on? What what does my body desire to express? Not what's what's going to look hot for somebody else. So I think that the 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 biggest taboo still in in feminine sexuality is women experiencing pleasure and owning what they truly desire what truly turns them on and expressing that and I feel that actually men really want to know Mm -hmm. how to turn a woman on they want it they want you to have a great experience they want to know they they're but so often women don't speak up or they they you know they they fake it because they don't want to hurt the guy's feelings or hurt his ego it's like don't worry about all of that. Like there are ways to say it where it's a really an invitation and men will thank you <laughs> for, for sharing where you're really at. So I feel like that, you know, that's such a big part of it. And it is that rebellion. And I feel like, well, luckily, fortunately, we are coming into a time where authenticity is really starting to be valued. And that's a shift I've seen in the last 10 years from where I started, where it was all about wearing the mask. And I feel that that that's shifting now and, and it's becoming more of a desire of the collective to be in harmony with our true selves and to be in that authentic space and create those authentic connections. Yeah, definitely. I think anything that has those verbiage in it where they, they say true self or authentic nature I'm like my ears are open because it's just like all about getting to that state and you can get to that state in a lot of different ways right um and yeah also to your point asking for what you want and then how do I know what I want if I don't even know myself okay I know myself I know my body now I know what I what I like what I want and now I have to be vocal and ask for it and it is about saying no sometimes when you know you don't like something right Um, So I think it's having that ownership, having that boundary, and also being vulnerable. It is a it is a sense of vulnerability, because you're really, you know, broadcasting 
your true nature, you know? So if I, if I'm wearing a mask mm, and I get rejected, not that big of a deal, but if it's my true self now, it's really guttural. Now it's really honing in to who I am. So um, I think once you're able to kind of pass through that, that feeling of insecurity or whatever it may be, then you can really flourish. And then it's, it's quite powerful as well. Okay. And then just kind of, I know you said, you know, you do work with clients. What, what exactly is working with you look like? I know you did mention dance, but if you could dive a little bit more into that. Yeah. So the women that I typically work with are women who are high achievers, who've built um, successful businesses, but they've done it from this space of the hustle very much in masculine energy and they're at this point where they're like almost at burnout or they have burned out and they're just like oh my god I feel so disconnected from my feminine what even is that um I'm tired I'm drained I live on coffee like all these kinds of things of like oh I feel like I need to get Botox or something all this kind of like stuff and they're like I want to feel like alive I want to feel juicy I want to feel myself I want to feel pleasure and I've got no idea how to do that. So the work that we do together is around um, connecting them back into that energy. So we do a lot of feminine embodiment practices and I love one-to-one coaching because I feel like it's, you never know exactly where you're going to go. So like a session will start, I don't know what she's bringing today. And, and then she'll, she'll start talking and sharing. And then it's just like, I open the channel and a practice comes through. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'll just guide her into, sometimes it's a guided meditation. Sometimes we do energy work. Sometimes it's dancing. Sometimes it's breath work. Sometimes we just talk, you know, so it's like a whole range of things. I feel like it's the delicious and yummy smorgasbord um, of what can be brought in this um, container. And I, what I'm finding as well for women is that, a lot of women don't have a woman in their life who is embodied in this thing, who is living mm-hmm. what they're, they're, the life that they're desiring to create. And they feel very alone. They feel disconnected from sisterhood. They feel like their friends maybe aren't into what they're into. And so they have this real craving to be able to just come and say whatever, to be able to get a little witchy and mystical and magical and pull some tarot cards and, you know, like just really kind of be celebrated for who they truly are. So that's what I feel like overall, what it's really about is so much permission for them to follow their desire. Because I feel like deep down, every woman knows what she wants. It's just, she doesn't feel like she has permission to have it. So I'm like, all the permission, the cell celebration for all that they've created for everything that they're stepping into the the support along the way of like you know whatever question nothing is off limits a space of no judgment right where all parts of them are truly welcome which is one of the most healing things I think that any of us can experience is that space where it's like you just get to be, you get to drop all of the masks and 
And I'm not there like, what the hell? I'm like, whoa, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Wow, that's so incredible that you feel, you know, like letting yourself be truly seen. So that's kind of, it's so hard to explain the magic, right? That happens inside of these containers. But um, yeah, it's just the most beautiful work. I absolutely adore the women I work with. They're such goddesses, honestly. And I'm just like, yay, soul sisters, I feel like. (laughs) For sure. No, I love that. I love that you said, you know, like there's a toolbox of different modalities that we can go into. And yeah, like you don't know what's going to pop up. It depends on who you're working with and where they're at and what fits their needs. So I love how it's not one size fits all because nothing should be. We're all so different. And yeah, it's, that's another thing too. Like sometimes you have, you kind of know what you want in a sense or what it would feel like, but it's like, where am I seeing an example of that? Where am I seeing guidance on this? And how do I even go about taking that step to get to where I want to be or who I want to be or who I really am? And, um, you know, once you kind of have the instructions, if you will, or next steps, then it's, oh, it's a lot easier. And then, yeah, to also hold a space for another and hold a safe space um, and being that clear vessel or that clear conduit so that that person can be themselves. And um, if it's their first time doing this, that it's kind of like baby steps. It's their first time doing it. If they can do it one-on-one with you, then, you know, gradually it grows and grows who they can really be their authentic self with. Yeah. And I think it's also about developing the sovereignty, right? Developing Mm -hmm. the, it's, it's not about me telling a woman what to do. It's about me offering a reflection and inviting her to take something on if it feels good for her. And I think that that's really important because we've been our whole lives told what to do. And, and this is what I love about coaching. I feel like it's the offering of reflections, the offering of invitations, And I feel like it speeds up the process more than say therapy, which is you don't get anything. Like, it's like, you've got to, you're, you're going to, you're going to ask, be asked a few questions and eventually you might get to the answer. So it can take a super long time. So I feel like there's a lot, there's like a, a timeline speed up inside of coaching as well. And that calibration to the energy of this person who's already embodied in it. Whereas with a therapist, it's like they were trained to do this, but they probably have a totally different life to what you have. So it's very, it's again, it's so much in the mind. So yeah, I just wanted to add that little piece in as well. Yeah, no. And that's really good too, because um, it's still like, you still have to take ownership for your journey. You still have to do the work, right? Um, So it's good that you're still not taking that person's power away, but you're empowering them to take those next steps. And it might look like this and it might look like that, but they're making the decision and feeling into it, which is going to help with intuition and other arenas as well. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, So then was there anything else that you wanted to share, something we didn't cover that, you really want our listeners to know? Um, well, let me see. I feel like what just, just, I really just want to share the permission, right? Of like, if you are listening to this or watching this, 
you you already know what you want. A lot of women say, I just don't know. But what they really mean is, I don't think I have the permission to have it. So my my what I want to give give to you or offer to you or invite you into is to get really, really quiet and just feel like what is that thing that it's it almost breaks your heart to own you know like that deep deep longing it often um it often looks or feels like or expresses as sadness it can at first of like that because it's the yearning of the feminine soul right it's the yearning for the thing so whatever that is that is your soul telling you what's possible that you haven't tapped into yet and the invitation inside of that is to start taking the steps the action steps towards that and if you are a woman who finds yourself comparing yourself to other women or being in competition or getting into that jealousy inside of that is also an invitation of your soul that's saying hey we can do this too so it's like about part of healing this collective sisterhood and stepping really into your feminine power is healing those wounds with other women of recognizing that other women are permission for you to embody that thing too, that there is more than enough to go around, that there's an abundance of everything that you get to have exactly your version of whatever else you can see out there that someone else has. And to really just give yourself the permission to go for that. Yeah, that really resonated where it's kind of almost feels sad because it's like that voice inside of you and it's not being acknowledged or heard or lived out. And it's like, you want it just so badly, but yeah, you feel not good enough, whatever. And that's sad because you are good enough. So it, it can, it's a sad thing that can turn happy is <laughs> how I look at it. For sure. Um, Yeah. And then just, Sophia, it was so great having you. I mean, this was just, it was like a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a while. And I, you know, I want, you know, it's kind of like you kind of wait for the right person to come along to explore it. Um, So I was really glad we were able to connect. And then just if someone wanted to work with you, wanted to find you, you know, where can they follow you? Yeah. So Instagram is my baby. So you can find me on Instagram at Sophia underscore LE underscore page, or I have on Facebook, a free Facebook group called the rebel queendom. And inside of there, I do weekly um, key code transmissions. So I share a live, I I do a teaching. Um, I have guests uh, sometimes coming in. Um, so there's a lot of juicy things inside of there. And then the other place that I always recommend for women to find me is on my website, which is sophialapage.com. And on there, you kind of get everything. So there is my, um, my self-study courses on there, starting from like Rebel Queen Kundalini, which is my foundational embodiment practice, um, right up to like things about connecting, you know, embody, um, embodying different archetypes. So connecting with your, you know, tantric muse or your siren or your goddess energy. Um, and there's also links there to my one-to-one and um, 
where you can, you know, apply there for that. And I also do um, shorter calls, like 45 minute calls or hour long, week long um, one-to-one containers as well. So if you're not up, not wanting to go all the way in with like a six month mentorship, there are ways for you to come and experience, get some tweaks and get a little magic and then, you know, take that and, and run with that. So I love doing those things as well, because I feel like even in 45 minutes, we can cover so much, like there's so much, so many reframes and things that can, that can be shone a light on that can really get you going on your journey and speed up that process for you of you getting to the place where you desire to be. So yeah, lots of ways, lots of magic. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. No, totally. I, I'm all about it. I'm all about self-development and um, the divine feminine for sure. But yeah, Sophia, again, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, And yeah, to everyone out there, this is another great example on how spirituality and the use of different modalities and teachings can really make great changes in your daily life. As always, if you are looking for a way to relieve stress and anxious thoughts or looking to gain some clarity, you can book a Reiki healing energy session or Akashic Records reading session with me at thenewagegoddess.com. Much love and namaste. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.